Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Today's guest is Manny Cosme, a small business owner that opened up his very own accounting firm. Thinking about starting your own business? Manny will break it down for you, what to invest in and what to avoid. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention Latinx college grads, ready for your first professional career? Once again, the Association of Latino Professionals for America is hosting several regional student symposiums throughout the nation to prepare our next generation's workforce. Events are coming to Austin, Texas on March 2nd, Phoenix, Arizona on March 16th, Orlando, Florida on March 23rd, and Philadelphia on April 6th. Hundreds of recruiters will be on hand, including Bloomberg, CIA, Deloitte, KPMG, and other Fortune 500 companies ready to recruit Latinx talent. Register today at www.alpfa.org. That's alpfa.org. Good luck. And here's your weekly news update. On January 12th, former Mayor of San Antonio and Obama HUD Secretary Julian Castro launched his presidential campaign surrounded by family and supporters in downtown San Antonio. He enters a crowded democratic field of fresh faces not seen in prior elections. Castro, who was on that short list of Hillary Clinton's VP candidate selection in 2016, joins an even shorter list of Latinx candidates in U.S. history who have ran for president in a major party's primary. In 2016, Texas Republican Senator Ted Cruz came close. He captured 7.8 million votes in the primary and his campaign only lasted till May. Florida Republican Senator Marco Rubio netted 3.5 million votes in the primary, but dropped out in March. Both senators fared better than former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, who ran as a Democrat in 2008. He dropped out after fourth-place showings in January's Iowa caucus and New Hampshire's primary. The first Latino to run for president was a Republican named Benjamin Fernandez, a World War II veteran from Kansas, who ran with little name recognition in 1980. Will Castro be able to go farther than those Latinos who have gone before him? Not that many people thought that Julian, or his twin brother Joaquin Castro, who currently serves in Congress, would go that far, growing up in San Antonio's west side, born to Chicano activist parents. But Julian beat the odds and went to Harvard University, got elected at age 26 as the youngest council member in San Antonio's history, became mayor of America's 10th largest city, and served as a secretary of a U.S. agency. Julian is one of the youngest candidates at age 44. His campaign will remain pack-free, only taking contributions from individuals. To the surprise of many, Julian's first campaign stop after his announcement in San Antonio was not Iowa or New Hampshire. He went straight to Puerto Rico to highlight the inaction and slow federal response to the needs of the island in the aftermath of Hurricane Maria. He visited the island to remind individuals who have lost so much, who are tragically barred from voting in the 2020 
presidential general election to hold an administration accountable that they still matter. With just days into the 2020 campaign, Julian Castro's candidacy is allowing Latinx folks to be on the political stage and allowing our issues to remain front and center. Everybody wishes they could be their own boss, but do you have what it takes to make it in the business world? With more than 15 years of managing finances and administration, local Latino LGBT business owner Manny Cosme possesses the high-level experience and training that clients look for to start and maintain a business. After years of keeping books for the California Hispanic Chambers of Commerce and the United States Hispanic Chamber of Commerce in Washington, D.C., he decided to launch his own accounting firm at the age of 32. The entrepreneur graduated summa cum laude from the School of Economics and Business Administration at St. Mary's College in California with a dual major in accounting and economics and a minor in mathematics. Today, Manny will help us with some advice of do's and don'ts when running a small business. So listen up and take notes. I want to welcome to the show my good friend Manny Cosmer, who is the successful businessman in DC. I knew I've known him for almost, let's say, what? Six, seven years? We're not counting years. <laughs> no. We don't count years. Very good friend. One of the very good friends of my DC experience. I actually helped him get engaged uh, to his, what, first or second? Oh, no, just kidding. No. We don't, we don't okay. count, as I said. For before. people who know me, I'm not really big into weddings and stuff like that, but his fiance called me and one time asked me to. Um, help him propose to Manny and I took him on this scavenger hunt. Manny had no idea what was going on. I go, just go with it. Here are the here are the rules. We went through like all the dating sites that y'all went to. Ended up at a cake cupcake shop. Mm-hmm, where I you ate the cupcake I ate allegedly. One the, I ate one of the clues. <laughs> prolonged the which event. Which is why I'm still not married. No. <laughs> No, I'm we ended up. For the ring. I, we ended up at Dupont Circle. He was in his uh, army uniform, and he proposed to you. It was very Disney, very beautiful. The homeless people were cheering for you. The rats were singing. <laughs> we gave them the cupcakes, and um, we had such a good time. And you're now married. It's official. Here so, I am, and here I am. But the reason why you're on here is to share some wisdom about starting your own business, running a, a profitable business, yes, and what that to avoid and what to do and what not to do. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you became an accountant and how you actually created your own business. Sure. So, uh, so I became an accountant. Um, I majored in accounting in college. And so after I graduated, I went to work for a CPA firm, quickly realized that I did not want to do um, that CPA type work. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, there's actually three type, There's three major types of accounting. There's auditing, bookkeeping, and tax accounting. And so most people, when they think of accounting, they think of just the tax. Yes. Or maybe the bookkeeping, but there's also audit. And audit is, is like compliance work. 
And so um, actually to get your CPA license, once upon a time, back in my day, um, you, had, <laughs> you, had to, uh, you had to actually go through, you had to be an auditor for a number of years and then you would get licensed. So I had to go down the audit path to get my license, but I hated audit. So I, re- I was really more interested and I didn't really like tax either. I was really more interested in the bookkeeping side because that's really where management comes in and it's managing the money for companies. And I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, so, uh, after I, I left the CPA firm, got my license, um, I went to actually work for my dad. My dad at the time owned a small bookkeeping, a bookkeeping and payroll tax, uh, that's cool. Payroll bookkeeping and tax practice. Yeah. And, um, I went to work with him and really, uh, kind of took over the internal accounting for the, for his firm and really enjoyed doing that. And then um, about a year or so into that, um, I asked him if I could separate out the payroll portion, create that as my own company. I basically bought it from him, and he had a couple of other people who owned the co-owned the business. Um, I took out a loan, bought the business from them, and then that was my first business I ever ran. What made really you start your business? Um, I hated working for people. <laughs> and then I really realized, and then, and then I realized once you start your own business, you end up working for a lot of people because now you have clients. Now you have clients. Yeah. <laughs> and at the most I had, um, so I had the payroll company and I had about 300 clients at the peak. Yes. And so I had basically had 300 bosses. <laughs> yeah. So th- that's a good thing to remember. Which is really interesting. If you yeah. want to start your own business to become your own boss, guess what? You got a lot of bosses. You got a lot of bosses. <laughs> you got a lot so, of bosses. So, yeah. um, you're here in DC, but you work with how many clients currently? So right currently we have about 40 clients. What's um, the name of your business? It's called CFO Services Group. And your website? Uh, www.cfoservicesgroup.com. And you have uh, several businesses, not only in DC, but throughout the metro area? Uh, throughout the country, actually. Throughout the country? So, yeah. so most of them are here because obviously Vicinity. you know we're here. Yeah. Um, but I do have some clients in various other states, Oklahoma, California, Texas. Because uh, this is all could be done you know, over email exactly it's all virtual at this point yeah yes um so a lot of new business for a lot of the listeners out there that want to start their new business because mm-hmm. you know it's 2019 new year want to start being your own boss what advice do you have to the person that wants to start their own business so if you want to start your own business um and i've actually started four now so some people don't realize this is actually my fourth business that i've started some of them were good some of them weren't so good um but uh you know the one thing i will say is uh to be mentally prepared mentally emotionally and spiritually prepared for the journey of owning a business it is not a journey for the lighthearted. um you know, being both an employee and a business owner at various times in my life, um, you know, both obviously have their pros and cons. Um, one of the nice things about being an employee in a, in a larger organization is that you immediately have support and you can sort of focus on what you need to do your job, right? Like as an accountant, yes. as an employee, as, as a, as a internal accountant for a company, my job was to do accounting. Yes. That was my job. And I did it very well. And so I could focus on that. But as a business owner, my job actually is not to do accounting. My job is to run the business. And that is a very different job. Very different job. And I would say that um, 
most people, in my opinion, that I've, I've come into contact with are not prepared mentally and emotionally and spiritually yes. for that shift. Yeah, because you got to deal with not only the, um, you, you, you got your, your person with that deals with numbers, but then you have to deal with people that you have to hire, yep. professionally manage and um, develop these individuals so they don't leave your company. Yep. And it's, it's like a, you have to think with another part of your brain almost. You do, you do. Uh, when you when you run your business, I mean, even almost from day one, you do have to work with other people in other capacities. And again, it's not like when I was an internal accountant for an organization, I, I did have staff, but I managed other accountants. And so that was easy. I mean, it was, it was, it was natural. I understood what needed to be done. And so I was able to guide them and have them hit the goals that I wanted to in, from an accounting department. But as a business owner, I have to manage not only accountants, I have to manage salespeople, I have to manage marketing people, I have to manage uh, technology, I have a, an attorney I have to manage. IT specialists. All, all sorts of things. Yeah. And so, um, and it's really, I mean, every day I'm stepping, I have to step out of my comfort zone and learn something new, really. Exactly. Um, you know, I've learned so much, for example, over this past year, I have had to learn I, a lot about sales and marketing. Because as my firm reaches the next level, as we're entering this next level, um, I have to get really good with our sales and marketing processes. And that's something that I never, that is not my field. Yeah. And so I've had to learn a lot because now I have a salesperson and a marketing person on my staff, I have to have to guide them. So, so you're not doing it. You've hired people to do it. And that's the most important part that you trust professionals to do that role. Yes, well, and it's understanding what I need from them. And then what I have to do is, even though I'm not doing the sales and marketing, I still have to manage the sales and marketing. So I need to be very clear about what results I need to see from them. Correct. So I still need to understand the process, which mm -hmm. is very interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah. Um, growing up in South Texas, my mom, she, uh, she decided to open a little store. She was stuck at home. She had just recovered from a major illness, could not walk. And she asked my dad, listen, rather than me just sitting here on the couch, not able to walk, why don't you open up a little shack? where I could sell Cokes and chips. And that way I could spend my day getting, you know, making some type of revenue for the house. And that little idea just took off. We built a store. Um, it went from a shack to a store. And then we started selling so much, we became thousandaires in the <laughs> early 80s. It felt like, you know, uh, the Jeffersons moving on up. <laughs> we have yeah. been so poor because my mom's illness really put us up, you know, mm -hmm. in um, uh, at Wits End because we were just struggling. But then we became rich overnight. But the the thing is that we had a family business that we all took part in. My mom, my sister, my dad, mm -hmm. uh, and myself. We operated the business, and she did the one thing that probably kept the business going until the Bessel devaluation that closed it. Um, four years later was the having that good accountant mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. the good accountant that was able to help us run our business until the economy tanked in the 80s. But we had it going because we had a good person that managed our books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, account- accounting is, 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 I call it the backbone of business. It's, um, it's, well, better said, it's the information system of the business. So why do people go into business? Well, business is, is about generating money, right? And you can do it for many reasons, but at the end of the day, a business has to generate money. It has to be profitable. And, um, and other people ultimately rely on that profitability. And so you really need a strong accounting system, a financial system to monitor that, to make sure that you're on track. If you're not on track, then you, you're you in for a, a long, bumpy, difficult road with your business. Now, before we got on the podcast, we are talking about the success rate of first-time businesses. Mm-hmm. Small businesses, almost one-fifth tank the first year. Oh, yeah. But you have some other statistics. Probably more. And, and 96% of small businesses never make it past the million-dollar mark, which is actually really staggering to, to understand that because... Um, that means that most businesses kind of they stall at a certain point and they don't really grow and a million dollars for a business I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, but when you're running a business a million dollars is actually not that much revenue It really wow. isn't I mean when you think about all the expenses and employees and things like that a million dollar business really is almost still a baby business baby business and and a lot 96% don't even make it to that mark Let's say there's somebody with a very good idea that wants to start their businesses. What are the top three things they need to do first time? Uh, check them, see a therapist to make sure. Are you sure you really want to do this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no. We did uh, talk about that, that your heart's got to be in it. Yeah. You know, you, you really need to be, um, I would say, you really need to really understand why you're doing it and what your goals are with the business. Okay, there's a demand for that product that you're going to put out there. Sure. Do the sure. market research before you and start anything and investing do studies if possible Mm -hmm. talk to people who are already doing it providing that same type of services and probably you know just do a lot of legwork around well you know i i would say that you know any any idea can generate money i truly believe that so if you have a good idea do it you'll you'll make it so one of the one of the reasons why um, I think most businesses fail. 96% of businesses never make it to that million dollar mark and most of them fail in their first year is that people give up. You know, it's hard. And anyone who tells you otherwise is is not telling you a true story. <laughs> you know, running a business is hard. And I think that really it's the people who understand that from the beginning and are willing to make the journey, you will be successful. You. I don't care what it is. You'll be successful in the business. You just got to persevere. Yeah. What's another tip? Surround yourself with a good community. Uh, Really have a strong support network um, of not only friends, family, but other people who own businesses. Chamber of Commerce. Chamber of Commerce. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, That definitely is something that's helped me uh, in my my darkest moments. Uh, of running a business uh, where I wanted to just throw everything out the window and, you know, say, you know, I'm just going to go go back to, you know, get a job, a nice cushy job somewhere with benefits and whatnot. Uh, it's really my friend's family and fellow business owners that um, that really 
helped carry me through that and kind of talked me up and supported me um, through those moments. Now, what things should they avoid? What things should you avoid? Um, well, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I mean, definitely, like I said, oh, don't, well, don't, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. So along with building that support network, what I would also say is look for other people that can help you even from the beginning, uh, other professionals like consultants. Yes. So hey, if you don't, you know, when, when you start a business, you all of a sudden have to provide the product or service, but you also have to market, sell, do the accounting, you know, all that stuff. And so really find those other professionals that understand the journey that you're going through and can help you. Uh, even if it costs a little bit of money, um, you will often find that you, it, it's worth it. You'll end up saving so much more in the long run and so much headache and heartache. And most professionals, um, such as like myself, you know, if you're a new business struggling, um, we get that. We were there once before. Yes. And we're willing to work with you to help you achieve your goals. So don't be afraid to ask. Okay. I would also say um, don't throw yourself 100% into your business. I think that's a trap that a lot of people get into, uh, especially again in the beginning where, you know, you, you will experience probably some anxiety mm -hmm. around your business when you first start it. And it's easy to kind of slip into just do and work mode. And I personally have found for me, and I'm, I'm sure other people will agree, that that actually is a recipe for disaster and can be a detriment. You really have to make sure that as you start a business, again, kind of what I was saying before, really keep yourself in check, keep yourself mentally strong and calm so that you can make good decisions um, when they need to be made. If you're in work, 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 work mode, sometimes you kind of go down a rabbit hole and it's hard to pull back and see the bigger picture of things. Yes. And so don't be a workaholic and don't neglect your friends, family, and support groups. Definitely keep those things going. If you have a, a physical exercise routine, keep that going because that will help keep you sharp as you grow your business. So many. Tell us some financial tips you have for folks. Well, I charge a million dollars for my <laughs> financial. No, uh, <laughs> now I'll tell you. I'll tell you some quick ones. So, um, one thing I notice with a lot of small businesses is one they don't get their pricing right. So, you know, the price that you set for your product or service determines ultimately how profitable you're going to be. Yes. And so, you definitely don't want to guess. Make sure you get your pricing right and talk to a professional such as myself, an accountant. Uh, to help you really understand what you should set for your pricing. So that's one. Mm -hmm. um, I would say another one is um, use credit cards to your advantage, especially in the beginning when you're when you're starting your business. Um, you will probably have to incur some debt. It's just going to happen. Just get over it. It's, you're probably going to do it. Um, but do it smart. Yes. So um, one thing is there's a lot of great credit cards out there made for small businesses that give you rewards. Um, reward points. Yes. Um, like I personally have an American Airlines card, and so I run every expense virtually through the American Express, uh, American sorry, American Airlines card. And so what I've done is I I rack up a ton of miles, and so I, I basically fly for free anywhere I go, and that really so helps. So be smart with my business when you expenses. spend. Be smart when you spend, yeah. and do it through that. 
Um, and also work with an accountant. Don't be afraid to reach out to accountants and ask them questions. We're here to help you. We are like doctors. We understand finance. We're here to help you make good financial decisions. Yeah. I love when you first came on the podcast, we were like talking about the podcast and you're like, well, who are your advertisers? You're already jumping. Like, how are you? Like, what's your profit on this? What's the profit on this? And I'm like. Told them, this is sponsored by our First What's Amendment. <laughs> this is all done. Labor of love. No sponsors. Just the First Amendment. Freedom of speech. So that's how I keep this podcast going. So I just want to say thank you so much, Manny, for coming on the podcast and sharing all your wisdom. Hopefully we'll inspire some people to start some businesses. And if they need to reach out to you, where can they reach out to? Uh, you can go on my website, cfoservicesgroup.com, cfoservicesgroup.com. There's a link down there. You can schedule a free consultation with me. Just click on it, get on my calendar, and I'll be happy to meet with you. And Anywhere in the United States. Anywhere in the United States. We are virtual. Thank you so much, man.